Um, I much prefer the name Wednesday over the name Lyra, Antarctica, Seaborn. That's a real human's name? That is Ed Sheeran's child's name. We're talking about, for those who are just joining us, which is all of you, because we're starting in the middle of a conversation like normal people, um, we're comparing Ed Sheeran and Rupert Grint, who both are married despite all that, and had babies during the pandemic and both girls yeah both had girls and i had a rupert grant crush in uh elementary middle school i mean that's when the harry potter movies were coming out i mean if i had to pick one i probably had a crush on draco malfoy no not anymore the hair was too much it should have been we all know though should have been neville longbottom but yeah clearly i did not know we were he, the prosthetics were good it wasn't even all right no but it wasn't our fault because he was wearing prosthetics i guess it was our fault because we could have googled him out of costume but we didn't know to do that i think when he was a little kid he wasn't wearing prosthetics no he was was he yeah they had to make him go it was like a whole plan apparently Damn. like they were like all right you know what we're gonna do we're gonna make him hot at the end of this we're going the full long haul oh yeah i don't i don't think that I don't know. We're I, like I said before we even started the podcast. We're not a pop culture podcast. Well, I mean, we're half a pop culture podcast, but um, not this kind of pop culture. No, never. Yeah, he had to wear false teeth, shoes is two size too large, and prosthetics behind his ears to make them stick out. Yeah, but he didn't wear like a fat suit. He just like stretched no, out when he got big when he got older. Are- I was going to say, children are not long. They are wide. And then as they get longer, they get slimmer. I like your scientific definition of that. (laughs) It's called the Gumby method. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, What are we talking about? Uh, How we're turning this into a pop culture podcast exclusively. Um, No. So today we are talking about Bernard Goetz, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. the Subway Vigilante. All right. And I I put this one on the list a long, 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 long time ago. I don't remember putting it on the list. And I did, did not know anything about this case. I think I did. I know. I knew the name. Oh. Um, <laughs> you, you said, did you? And I was like, oh, shit. Did I take a topic from her? <laughs> did you? Did you really? No, hmm? definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember, I remember the name. And then I'm sure you're going to talk about Trial by Media, the Netflix show i mean to a degree like i'm focusing more on everything else okay. but there will be there will be trials by media discussed and there will be trial by media discussion yes. and there will be discussion of the trial all right then well he's mentioned in that netflix special and yeah then, he gets his own episode yes yeah, when that Spoiler came alert. up i was like oh yeah that guy no i had never heard about him really all right yeah i was just like oh who's this and then i was like oh that's not what i was expecting and i also it, like how his name it's not a surprise his name's spelled like bernhard bernhard yes gets. bernhard 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 all right you bernie gets hard bernie gets aka the subway vigilante which is just the stupidest fucking name tell me but, about it. I mean, there are, I suppose, dumber names, like, you know, not to come up with anything off the top of my head or anything, but Lyra Antarctica, Seaborn Sheeran, but um, we'll, we'll hop right into it, shall we? 
Let's do Shall it. Shall we? Take my hand? Okay. So, Bernhard, damn it, you did it to me. You did it to me because, you know. I mean, that's how the internet's telling me to pronounce it. Bernhard no, gets. No, I believe it's Bernard. I believe it's Bernard. Call him Bernie. I think the H is silent. Bernie Hugo Getz Jr. was born on November 7th, 1947 in Queens, New York. He was the youngest of four children born to German immigrants and was raised Lutheran in upstate New York in like dairy farm country. Um, his dad owned a 300 acre dairy farm. So oh, wow. very small, very small farm. Um, and also a bookbinding business. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know what's not cool? Huh? Uh, when Getz was 12 years old, his father was arrested for molesting two 15-year-old boys. That's not cool. Boys? Boys. Ooh. 15. Two of them. Not cool. Yeah. Not cool. Decidedly not cool. Nope. Um, Should have stuck with the bookbinding, to be honest. But, yeah. So his dad appealed the verdict and later pled guilty on a reduced charge of disorderly conduct because... This country loves white men. And Getz and his sister Bernice were sent to boarding school in Switzerland after this whole thing went down to kind of avoid like the trauma and the embarrassment resulting from their dad's conviction. And so Getz stayed there in Switzerland until 1965 when he graduated from high school and moved back to the U.S. to attend NYU, New York University. And there he earned a bachelor's degree in electrical and nuclear engineering wow. in 1969. Yeah. Um, he then went on to live with his family who had since moved down to Orlando, Florida, where his dad had stopped with the dairy and the bookbinding businesses and had started a family business developing medium priced tract housing. And gets initially joined the family business upon graduating he didn't mm -hmm. pursue engineering of any sort um so from what i gathered i couldn't find a lot of info on this time in his life but he didn't seem to be particularly happy about where his life was which you're fresh out of college who is um you're very excited when you get out of college and then suddenly reality hits and you are no longer happy <laughs> I mean, this um, was also a time where you technically didn't need a college education to get a pretty good job. So true, especially when it was guaranteed to you. Yeah, exactly. Working for yeah. daddy. Yeah. Um, so he at the like around like the early 1970s um, faked mental illness to get out of being drafted for the Vietnam War. Wow. Um, yeah. Classy. Great dude. Like. I was going to say, I'm totally like, I, I agree the Vietnam War was fucked and it was really a war on the Vietnamese. Like we were not doing nice things mm -hmm. over there for the out of the goodness of our hearts. But um, despite what his, our history books may tell us, um, but that's not the way to go about it. No, like that's just that's a that's a no from me, dog. Um, and then he also entered into a arguably other kind of war zone, an unhappy marriage, in which case he was so miserable that it ended in divorce in 1975. And so at this point, he was kind of like, you know what, like, I'm taking my life into my own hands. And he decided to move back to New York to pursue his passion for engineering. All right. So, yeah. So by the late 1970s, Getz owned and operated a small business out of his Greenwich Village apartment that specialized in calibrating high-end electronic equipment. And he basically thrived. He was not a... 
So he was kind of nerdy. He was like very small and he had he pale blonde. He wore glasses um, and not like the cool kind, like like the the Jeffrey Dahmer kind. Serial like killer the glasses. Very, I was going to say the very obvious serial killer glasses. Um, like he was very quiet and very shy. Um, so like he he just he did best when surrounded by machines and math and preciseness and stuff like that um he often actually told other people quote machines can't hurt you end quote which yeah i was gonna say little did he know there would be a thing called black mirror in the future Uh um but so it's not a complete surprise that he wasn't the best at dealing with people based on these comments and everything um and an example of that was he I guess the way I would put it is he kind of lacked empathy for others, okay. but not in like a not in like a like our last episode type of way. Yeah. Um, but he just he like he for example like he was really frustrated with what he considered to be like New York City's crumbling social structure, and like to the point of like nagging would like push for city agencies and representatives to clean up the streets and not just literally like getting rid of litter but also he just felt that his neighborhood and the neighborhoods around him were just plagued by like junkies and homeless people i mean it kind of was it kind of was was but at the same time there was no sympathy yeah new york was a real sketchy area for yeah not a good And there was like there were hella murders going on at this time. Like it was not a it was a dangerous. I mean, it's time the era of serial killers. It's easy to get away with shit back when True. you can't be tracked easily. You can kind of fake your uh, your identity pretty easily. I mean, True. We've we've talked about lots of serial killers and all starts in, in the seventies. Always, always <laughs> in the seventies. The seventies were not a time like you take those quizzes, those style quizzes, and like, oh, what era would you go back to if you could go back to any? It's not the seventies, that's for sure. No. It is not a good time for me to go back to the 70s ever. ever. I don't care how cute the outfits are. I'll look super cute in that outfit when they find my body on the side of the road. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he just, he, he kind of just didn't care about that stuff. He was very much like, oh, but like the neighborhood. Gasp. Um, but in January 1981, while he was transporting electrical equipment for his company, he was mugged by three black teenagers at a subway station. And before anybody says anything, normally I would not mention their race. However, this will play a role later for those who don't know the case. I promise. Yep. Um, so that's the only reason I'm being like, and they were black. Um, it's not like that. It's, it's, it's characterizing, just a fact of the for case. example. Yeah. It's a fact of the case, which wouldn't be relevant, except later it is. Um so in order to bid on equipment at auctions and sales that would be used like for his business um he would often carry several thousands of dollars in cash with him to like go to these auctions yeah but that's my point like so he was a good mark because he had this equipment but then he also had all this money on him and he just looked like a wet noodle like he was a literal he had noodle. the face of a guy who's like mug me think, not saying that there's like not victim blaming no one should ever be face. mugged but like eh, this guy it's okay but e- e- you're complaining about the neighborhood 
you you're carrying thousands of dollars on your person in a place that you already deem as not super safe. You wear serial killer glasses and windbreakers. I mean, and come on, be smart. Fucking yeah. But um, I don't know. My point is, like, I tried to kind of find it. I couldn't find out whether or not he had been targeted because, like, was this like a oh, like let's a go random? Because yeah, because. No offense, we're 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 ragging on his looks, but at the same time, you don't look at that person and go, "Hmm, if I'm gonna mug somebody, I'm gonna mug the the scrawny dude who doesn't look like he's got money," instead of the dude in like the nice suit. I mean, every like we're also making fun of his looks, but every third person in New York looked like this. Like, oh yeah, it was so, the time. It yeah. was the time. Um, it was the '80s. Like, it was barely the '80s, but it was still the '80s. Um, but so, yeah. And speaking of his looks, he actually, he was really small to the point that I think, I think they actually said, I read somewhere that he was like five, eight. Don't quote me on that, but I, like, just to like, kind of give That's a picture, super I, small. I, I believe, I mean, I'm five, seven and I'm not exactly a fucking giantess over here. I'm only five, four. Yeah. That's only four inches taller than you. You're just, you're used to Elliot being a fucking behemoth, is what it is. Yeah. El- Elliot, Elliot literally can reach for the stars. <laughs> He's not that tall, okay? <laughs> Elliot's pretty fucking tall, okay? I, there's clouds around his head. Um, but no, so his muggers actually picked him up and threw him through a glass oh. window. Oh! Plate glass window. My, my mistake. That's yeah. not, that's not like just getting pushed to the ground is like give no. me your wallet like yeah like they grabbed him like a sack of potatoes and fucking oh, punted him yeah, yeah that's not great yeah um and physically he was lucky to just escape with a knee injury like he his yeah. cartilage was torn when he was shoved through this window um but mentally it wasn't great for him yeah no shit um, that's terrifying yeah um well not just that like the incident was terrifying but then for one thing two of the three attackers managed to get away um Mm -hmm. the third one a cop spotted him grabbed him and they went down to the station but the third mugger spent like three hours at the police station whereas Getz spent six hours there wow like they they let him stay there for three hours and then let him go crazy yeah so this like gets kind of perceived it to be like a lack of justice which infuriated him and between that and like that the other two getting away and just being like oh like the police don't care and he just he it really affected his psyche to the point that he applied for a gun permit but it was denied so he decided to schedule a little visit down to see his family in Florida and came back with a shiny new Smith and Wesson .38 caliber revolver. Anything which, goes in Florida. Anything as, goes in as Florida. Said in, in Big Mouth. As said in everywhere. We all know it. We all know it to be true. We've got people in, in fucking other countries and even they're going, yep, yeah, Florida. Florida. It's always Florida. What do you do? What do you do? Um, but yeah. So he pretty much always had this gun on his person despite, again, having no permit. Um, And he would go on to basically illegally purchase other ones as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't support 
that obviously, I mean, in a future episode, um, spoiler alert, I had to do a lot of gun research. Mm, I wonder what for. Emma, do you have any idea? (laughs) Do you know what Uh, it could be for? Yeah, but uh, yeah, obviously, clearly, there's problems with guns in the United States and how easy, yeah, how easy it is to get guns and whatever. But I can understand his emotional state of like, wow, it seems like the police aren't going to help me. I kind of need to help myself. Like, I wouldn't immediately go for a gun. No, Um, I would be be afraid of it. So fuck that. But like carrying something that you can use as a weapon on your person at all times, especially after going through something like that, that that, how terrifying that is. Like, I can understand that mental state. Maybe. Exactly. It's not like he was just not that not to like trivialize other people's experiences, but it wasn't just that he was like held at gunpoint, which is terrifying, and yeah, told give me all your money. He was also too. like he was also like very brutally assaulted. Yes. Like they put him through a plate glass window. Like yeah. It it that's uh, that's not easy to do. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so this is the situation we're in when at 1 p.m. approximately on December 22nd, 1984, 19-year-old black teenagers, 19-year-old Daryl Cabey, Troy Canty, and Barry Allen, no relation to the Flash, and 18-year-old James Ramsier got on the number two train in New York City. The boys, again... The black teenagers told you there was a connection for those who didn't believe me. I fucking told you so, because guess what's about to happen? I'm sure you know, because it's America. Um, They did have three concealed screwdrivers among them, like on their persons, but they were not planning to use them as like assault weapons. They were were planning on defensive weapons. No, not even. They were on their way to a an arcade, a Pace University arcade, and they were going there to steal quarters from the video games. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, like... Still not great. Not great. Probably don't do that, but... But what happens They next? weren't going to attack warranted. anybody with it. No, no. So here's basically what went down. Um, Getz got on the subway at the 14th Street station and took a seat near the group of boys um canty then asked how gets was doing and gets kind of interpreted this as again he's got like he's got some like ptsd from this past mugging which was only three years before um four years before but um he he kind of interpreted this as like a prelude like like prelude to a mugging very much like prelude to a kiss but not quite as fun um depending i don't know the kiss could be shit but he was then canty then asked gets for five dollars and though gets would later say it wasn't a question it was a demand canty was initially very much like no i just like was like hey can i have five dollars um so either way what happened next gets would later attempt to justify saying quote i had no intention of killing them at that time but then i saw the smile on his face and the shine in his eyes that he was enjoying this i knew what they were going to do do you understand i saw they were intending to play with me like a cat plays with a mouse end quote i I, i'm afraid i don't understand 
sir. But maybe, maybe I'm broken. Who knows? Um, so Getz asked Canty to repeat himself, which she did. He was like, can I have $5? And then at that point, Getz constructed his, what he called, quote, field of fire, end quote, as he stood up. And then he allegedly shouted, you can all have it. And pulled the gun from his waistband and shot at the four teenagers. So Canty was first shot in the chest. Oof. Then Alan was shot once in the back near his shoulder as if he was like running away. Mm-hmm. Um, Remsier was shot through the left arm where the bullet then became lodged in his left side. Mm-hmm. And then KB was shot at twice despite, although it was alleged, I personally, I do think he was seated. Um, he posed no threat to Getz, didn't talk to him, didn't really do anything to warrant this kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, He just simply was there with his friends. Um, And the first shot missed. And Getz later told authorities that after that, he then shot KB a second time from a point blank range after telling him, and there'll be some back and forth on this, whether he actually said this out loud or if he was thinking it because testimonies varied. Um, But he allegedly said to him, quote, you seem to be all right. Here's another, end quote. And then shot him point blank. Um, And that second shot hit KB again, 19, um, hit him on the left side and severed his spinal cord, leaving him paralyzed from the waist down and suffering from brain damage. Oof. Yeah. He was just sitting there. Like, I can understand him feeling a little cagey that he's like, stuck on the subway he was attacked by a group of boys in like the similar age range they look similar to the people that had attacked him um, and he was relatively alone also the other people exactly. that had gotten on the car before the boys and like before him they had moved to the other end of the car because they were just being loud and rambunctious teenage boys and yeah, so and he was there basically kind of alone with them. If you're on the subway by yourself, you try to keep to yourself because yeah. it's, I mean, if you're traveling That's by yourself. That's how you end up with a dick shown to you. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. So, like, I can understand that. But everything beyond that is just, like, it seemed he was looking for a fight. Yeah. Like, yeah. he went a little overboard. And yeah. by a little overboard, I mean a lot overboard. A lot overboard. About five bullets overboard. Yeah. About the entire situation overboard. Yes. I um, mean, you could stand up. You can go. You can walk to the other end of the car where more people I, are go sitting. Go to another car. Go to yeah. another car. Yeah. Like, just don't fucking do it. Or if you're that scared of, like, what could happen on the subway, don't take the subway. Like, if you're that much in fear of your safety... I mean, I in know, New dude. York, I don't know. In New York, you like very, very few people have cars. Yeah, but so I'm the not subway you have to buy a car. The subway and the bus and everything is like kind of like. But that's the thing. Like, take the bus. Take the bus. The bus isn't much safer. This is New York in the '80s. Ah, uh, you're right. I mean, I wasn't alive then, but I I see your point. That's a good point. Yeah, but regardless, um, so back on track. Victor Flores, a transit authority employee who witnessed the attack later said, quote, the kids were frightened, backing off, trying to get away. There was no reason to shoot them. They fell one after another. Bang, bang, bang. End quote. He could have just showed him the gun. Could have just showed him the gun. It was in his waistband. Yeah. Um, 
So then the train's conductor, Armando Soler, heard the shots and pulled the emergency brake. He rushed into the car where he saw just the aftermath of bloody shot teenage boys laying around and moaning. Um, Not to be glib or anything, but like literally like they were laying there helpless and moaning. And I'll get into that. Yeah. Um, So he sees all this and he allegedly asked Getz, are you a cop? And Getz replied, quote, no, I don't know why I did it. They tried to rip me off, end quote. Hmm. Okay. So then Getz checked on a couple of passengers on the other end of the car who had been caught in the fray, but like didn't suffer any severe injuries. Nobody else was shot. Okay. In in this. Um the stray bullet ended up, I think, like in in the wall or something of the car. Um Which is like crazy it did not that, end up in a person. Crazy that nobody else was hurt, because that is a very confined space. Yes, yes. Um and plus with like ricocheting and everything, and like exactly. the car is made of stainless steel. Um but so yeah so he checked on these other kind of passengers um and then again the train is stopped he jumped off the train onto the tracks and disappeared into the subway tunnel just terrifying ran the fuck away yeah fucking horrifying those tunnels are nightmare zones yeah um we've all seen ghostbusters (laughs) (laughs) but so then so he then rented a car and fled to Bennington, Vermont, where he burned his jacket, took apart the gun, and scattered the pieces in the woods. But yeah. he wasn't guilty. All of those things scream guilty. Exactly. Um, so on December 26th, a few days later, an anonymous hotline caller called the NYPD saying that Bernard, Bernie gets, um, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing the Bernard versus Bernhard thing. But they said, like, hey, this guy, Bernie Getz, matches the descriptions that you've put out of the gunman. Yeah. Um, so then he ended up calling his neighbor and acquaintance, Myra Friedman, and discovered that the police were looking for him based on this tip. And Getz then returned to his apartment to pick up some clothes and business papers and then went over to Friedman's apartment to ask her to hide two of his guns in her closet. Nope. Are you kidding me? Fuck No. Are, are you fuck? And apparently she, I, I didn't include like that entirety of her testimony, but she was like, is that a, are those fucking guns? Do you yeah. have permits for those guns? What the fuck do you want me to do with these guns? And he was just like, just put them in the closet. Like they're not going to explode. Like they're not bombs. And I'm like, you're asking your neighbor who barely knows you. She was an acquaintance. Yeah. Can I hide these guns here? These illegal guns that no I should not have and therefore you should not have? the audacity of a white man ladies yes um but so he then drove back to new england to kind of like hide out he had been like going from like motel to motel before coming home and so he drove back there and then walked into the concord new hampshire police department at 12 10 p.m on new year's eve and declared that he was the subway shooter that the new york police were looking for what do you want, dude? Do you want like a medal? Like, it's me. It is I, the subway vigilante. Also, this is New Hampshire. They're probably like, what? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fargo, but with maple syrup. Um, so the Concord police then contacted the NYPD to be like, hey, that guy you're looking for is in custody over here. He just surrendered. Yeah. Um, hey, your dude's here. Come pick him up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, excuse me. Um, if your mom will pick up, our mom can drop off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so they questioned him. Then the Concord police questioned him for like over two hours while waiting for the NYPD. 
And this interview was recorded. The audio was recorded. It wasn't videotaped. But in the interview, he just like rambled for like two and a half hours. Never speak without a lawyer. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Bean agrees. Um, For those who didn't hear, Bean just went. I can't Um, You're going to be able to hear him throughout like every episode so blessed i wish marcia is very chatty but she's not chatty when she's on like when i'm on the mic she's always she's always chatty like when it's just michael and i are around and that's it and then she's like it's the loudest thing (laughs) oh no marcia could give him a run for him for his money like i promise you like i I know that i i was gonna say that's what she does though she does this all in private so that nobody will believe us when we say that we're terrorized by our cat yeah it's true it's true she talks a lot of shit okay like just a lot of shit um but so back back rambling back onto the yes speaking of rambling um so he in this interview admitted to firing five bullets in the subway car four of which hit his victims one of which got lodged wherever the fuck and told the investigators that he used dum-dum bullets which for those like me who don't know much about different types of bullets, mm-hmm. um, they are hollow point bullets, which are designed to inflict maximum damage. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and he said that he used those because, quote, you need maximum stopping power, end quote. Jeez. Yeah. He also, hi, Bean. He also told Concord police, um, spe- specifically he was being interviewed by Detective Christopher Domian, that his previous mugging was, quote, an education, end quote. And that said education convinced him, quote, the city doesn't care what happens to you, end quote, and that therefore he had to rely on himself to protect himself. I mean, he could have formed like a citizen action group of like a bunch of different people being like, hey, we're going to volunteer and like. exactly like work with the police and clean up the streets like the police have got a lot of shit on their hands like we will take care of doing like a um community watch group or something like that right i mean there's obviously a lot that he could have done he's an educated man he's he's an educated man but also he's so up everybody else's ass about fixing something why don't you fix it yourself yeah come on come on and and for just to backtrack a little bit when you when Haley said the police have a lot going on what she meant is that like the murder rate in New York City at this time was astronomical like yeah. they basically like basically whenever you reported a crime the police were just like but did you die and then that was it yeah um, there was there was a lot of shit happening yeah same level of incompetence just in a different realm um but so then he said that um, he, that's that's the end of that interview. But then after three NYPD te- detectives arrived in Concord, Getz gave a second confession, this time videotaped. And there he told detectives that after he perceived Canty to be making a threat, quote, I decided to kill them all, uh, to kill them after all, murder them all, do anything, end quote. Um, he also said, quote, if I had more bullets, I would have shot him all again and again. I was going to gouge one of the guy's eyes out with my keys afterwards, end quote. My guy, this is not helping you. No. Get out no. of anything. No, mm, no, it's not. You're just digging a hole. Yeah. Um, at another point in the interview, gets actually, this is probably the most well-known, like, soundbite from this interview. 
Um, he said, quote, I wanted to kill those guys. I wanted to maim those guys. I wanted to make them suffer in every way I could. And you can't understand this because it's a realm of reality that you're not familiar with, end quote. But it was what self-defense. What that supposed to mean? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the story of what the press dubbed to be the subway vigilante um, struck a chord with the residents of New York City. Like, they were all very scared. It was a very murdery time. And so they all quickly, like, kind of hoisted him up on a pedestal and called him a hero. Um, I actually, I couldn't find much more on this, but uh, apparently public polls showed that large majorities of both black and white respondents were sympathetic to him. But I don't know. This is also very early on in the case. Yeah, probably because of the the PTSD angle. He'd already been attacked. Oh, they didn't even know about that yet. No. Oh, really? Yeah, no, they didn't then even know about that. what are they fucking that. supporting? Because, well, we'll talk about it. Um... Basically, they said that it was in self-defense that he was defending himself and okay. that it sent a message to other potential muggers. And I guess that can make sense. I mean, yes. there was like daily muggings. Yes. yes. So, I mean, you felt scared. Yeah, they did. They, they and I mean, yeah, of course, understandably, like you're scared. It's your community. Um, but what few stories emphasized was that the shooter used hollow point bullets and that two of the four victims had been shot in the back while they were yeah. trying to get away. Yep. But they certainly zeroed in on the screwdrivers and the fact that the boys were all high school dropouts with criminal records. Yeah. I mean, and black riding yeah. the subway while black. That was their biggest crime. Um, but one of the few public figures to actually criticize the subway vigilante was New York Mayor Ed Koch, who I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know too much about because, again, a bit before my time. But based on this, I'm kind of team Ed Koch. Definitely not team Giuliani. <laughs> lots of lots of the information I have on Ed Koch comes from... Your parents from, oh, would know hello. more about Ed Koch. <laughs> oh, I was going to say your parents. I was like, oh, yeah, they would know Ed Koch. Uh, in Oh, Hello, if you don't know, it's John Mulaney and Nick Kroll as two old men. Uh, mm. They referred to him as uh being extremely closeted i don't know if he was i don't know if he was no clue and they also call him dead Koch. <laughs> so that's that's literally the knowledge i have about him <laughs> well the possibly closeted dead Koch said two days after the attack that basically it was quote animal behavior end quote yeah. And he declared, quote, a vigilante is not a hero, end quote. Which, like, yes, yes, Daddy Koch. In yes. this case, yeah, but also Batman? True, 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 true. But, however, to be fair, Batman's parents were murdered and Getz was thrown through a plate glass window. Yeah, and this tiny, he did walk away. This tiny bespeckled white man is not a Batman. Well, and again... Uh, to to elaborate on my last point because i just had like a brain blast he he did walk away and one of his victims did not yeah um but beyond this the reverend al sharpton and others publicly accused gets of racial profiling with sharpton telling reporters that gets had stereotyped all young black men as a threat 
Yeah. Um, also thought I'd include this here just because I think it perfectly sums up this case. Um, it's from the Netflix docuseries Trial by Media. But he, Sharpton later called, gets his reaction to the teenagers, quote, an overreaction that is soaked with race and bigotry, end quote. And I was like, yeah, that that's it. You got it, Al. Yeah. That's right. I mean, if it had been for white teenagers, for Hispanic teenagers, like, would it have been the same outcome? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, which, in an all, uh, not to to do too many spoilers but in an alternate universe high bean um the outcome was similar for four white men but that's all i'm gonna say about that for now um on january 3rd 1985 getz was extradited back to new york city and arraigned on three counts of illegal possession of a firearm and four counts of attempted murder Bail was set at $50,000, but it was later reduced to $5,000, and he was put into protective custody at Rikers Island. Ooh. Yeah. So, That's while there- That's when you know you're unpopular. Oh, you know, it's funny you say that, because unpopular, not quite the word I would use, because the jail, as soon as he showed up, was flooded with calls supporting him. And, like, people were calling him, offering him money, offering him support, being like, we'll pay your bail, and gets, oh, so humbly declined, and raised his own, again, $5,000 bail. Um, and you don't have to pay the full $5,000 No, I you just have to correctly. be like, I have this thing. You have to, yeah, you pay, like, 10%. You put it up as collateral. Uh, yeah. But, um, so he returned to his apartment after five days at Rikers. Wow. Yeah. So then on January 25th, 1985, a grand jury was convened and failed to return an indictment on the attempted murder charges, citing the attack as being a justified use of force. Getz used his newfound fame to act as something of a celebrity, which when I tell you, I just vomited a little bit in my mouth. Um, He gave multiple exclusive interviews with the Uh press. He lobbied for more people to be trained to carry guns he made a very public show of attending the funeral of a murdered cab driver. Um, his lawyer, Barry Slotnick, who is a special kind of sleaze bag that we'll get into in a bit, said of this newfound fame, quote, it took him out of the light of the humble, decent Bernie Getz and made him a public figure who was pontificating on things, end quote. Hmm. And you know what people love to do with pontificating public figures? Watch them fall. Gotta and that's exactly it. what they did. Uh, by February, the favorable public opinion Getz had been enjoying so much began to turn against him by February. So not even like a month um, when information regarding his racist views, including so cute, his liberal use of the N word. Ooh, yeah. Which also you are like very small and easily thrown through a plate glass window. Maybe don't use racial slurs when you can be so easily picked up like a sack of potatoes maybe just don't do it i don't care if you have a gun yeah bold um, of you to think that you're untouchable now exactly because no he had been doing interviews. this before no he had been doing this before oh. Oh. that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying yeah no it came out later that he was like oh he loves to use the n-word not like loves to use the n-word but you know what i mean um and also the videotaped confession featuring him referring to himself as a quote monster end quote and recounting the comments that he made or claimed to make to cab to KB before 
shooting him, that was all leaked to the press. Yeah. Um, so then the then district attorney, Robert Morgenthau, declared that the case would be brought to a second grand jury due to, quote, significant new evidence. Yeah. I wonder what that evidence could be. Any idea? Any? Something to fucking Anything? drag him right back down to earth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so on March 27th, 1985, Getz was indicted by a second grand jury on a total of 13 charges that included attempted murder, assault, illegal possession of a firearm, and reckless endangerment. And nearly a year later, in January 1986, the criminal term court of New York dismissed the uh, or granted Getz's legal counsel's motion to dismiss the second indictment on grounds of prejudicial instructions on the issue of justification and perjury committed by Ramsher and Canty. So basically they I'm trying to like say this in layman's terms. So starting out Ramsher and Canty allegedly perjured themselves and then instructions given to the jury were seen as not kosher. Um, but this was then overturned six months later by the New York Court of Appeals, and all counts of the indictment were reinstated. So finally, after all of this bullshit, on December 12, 1986, the trial began. Damn. It's been two years. Yeah. Yeah. So Amanda Gilbert, who tended to the victims after the shooting, testified that one of the boys told her, quote, I'm assuming this is Canty, but I, this is all I could really find on this particular um, testimony quote miss i've been shot through the heart and i'm dying end quote oh that's absolutely horrible they're still boys like yeah. the oldest they're 19 and 18 like they are boys yeah um like i don't give a fuck about whether or not they can serve in the military like they are young um and so gilbert was sitting there assuring him that he wasn't gonna die and she also testified that kb cried to her quote i didn't do anything he shot me for nothing end quote so after protest by the defense however the presiding judge over the case judge crane ruled the statements by the shooting victims um like that gilbert relayed Uh um he ruled that they were inadmissible hearsay and told the jury to ignore them then friedman gets his neighbor also took to the stand and said that gets told her of the incident after he went to her apartment asking him to hide his guns in her closet asking her to hide his guns in her closet um saying quote myra in a situation like this your mind you're in a combat situation your mind is functioning you're not thinking in a normal way your memory isn't even working normally you are so hyped up your vision actually changes your field of view changes your capabilities change what you are capable of changes you are under adrenaline a drug called adrenaline and you respond very quickly and you think very quickly that's all you think you think you analyze and you act and in any situation you just have to think more quickly than your opposition that's all you know speed is very important end quote was she saying that in defense of he said Get- that to her oh okay he said that to her when he showed up at her apartment and was like oh yeah so you know that guy that they're looking for guilty except not really don't tell the police this that i can't fucking shut his goddamn mouth he can't and also speed is very important what kind of speed are you talking about bud like can we just can we reflect on that for a minute oh. um and then again let's not forget that myra the speed freeman at is which also you can perjure yourself <laughs> exactly. 
Um, and let's not also forget that Myra Friedman is also very much sitting here, like full on Julia Louis Dreyfus in fucking Vi- white guy. Yeah, well, but also in Veep, just looking from side to side, like what the fuck? Like she just yeah. is like, get these guns out my house. Um, so then, so the prosecution called nine eyewitnesses to the shooting to testify. And that included Flores and Soler, who described the scene after the shooting as, quote, mass confusion. Everybody was running for cover, end quote. Um, but that Getz was, quote, was just sitting there very calm, end quote. And then another eyewitness, Lauren Michaels. No, not Lauren Michaels. I said what I said. Um, you switch the E and the N and then it's Lauren. But for this, it's Lauren testified that before Getz shot the teenagers, he, quote, seemed to be kind of laughing and moving around on the seats, end quote. On oh, cross-examination, freak. Michaels admitted that he, that he had characterized the boys' activity as, quote, a bit noisy and rude, end quote, in his grand jury statement, and that he had considered at the time that they might have been about to create some kind of disturbance. Um, Garth Reed who was holding his child while sitting in a seat on the subway car when the shooting began. Oh How fucking God. terrifying is that? Exactly. You're in a um, fucking tube I under know. the ground and there's yeah. fucking nowhere to go. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, so he testified that he didn't see any of the boys like pull out a weapon or make any threatening like remarks or gestures to gets before he attacked. Um, however, upon cross-examination, Slotnick asked if someone had said before the shooting, quote, look at those four punks bothering that man, end quote, which also like that's very specific. And it's very weird because the prosecution, first of all, objected on the grounds of hearsay. And suddenly the Judge Crane is overruling that, but not what comments are being made to like by the by the victims to other people. Yeah. Um, but beyond that. So he's asked this very specific question and Reed conceded that he had heard a statement made about the quote punks before Getz took out his gun. Later, when Reed's wife Andrea testified, she confirmed that she was the one who made the comment about the four punks. Okay. So, but also like Slotnick, what the fuck? Like, okay. Also, Um, after hearing all this, I would be the worst uh, witness because if... mm -hmm. I am on the subway. I have headphones in and my head is down. Mm-hmm. I do not see anything. I do not say anything. No. Yep. You look up when the train stops and you go, oh, are we here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that do was wanna, faster I than normal. get out of this place as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. And that's about it. And if you get out without seeing a dick, then you're good. Um, but so You're then, really focused on this dick. I... I may or may not have had this this type of type of incident and it was i would like to unsee it if at all possible <laughs> saw a subway dick i saw a subway dick mm. it wasn't a good subway dick either are they ever they never i was gonna say they're never good but like oh it's like no. it's one of those things that are like burned into my retinas and granted i haven't seen a whole lot of dicks in my life but i could go without one. ever seeing the, yeah apparently Damn. like dude whoever you are if you're out there I don't Not know. Cute. You probably, if you're whipping your dick out on the subway, it's probably because you haven't heard this very often, but your dick is memorable. Um, but so moving on from, from dicks, um, another witness, Solitaire McFoy, testified that he saw Getz take out his gun and, quote, with a calm and bland, end quote, and, quote, somewhat calculating, end quote, expression. 
he began firing deliberately at each of the boys. Yeah. So then eyewitness Mary Gant testified that she didn't see Canty, quote, make any kind of menacing gesture, end quote, or hear so much as hear him so much as raise his voice. But she did admit that the boy's rowdy behavior made her uncomfortable, saying, quote, I was concerned. I was afraid, end quote. Mm -hmm. Another witness, Josephine Holt, was also um, interviewed. And during cross-examination, she admitted that in her grand jury testimony, she had described the boys as, quote, standing around the white man, end quote, and being loud and obnoxious to the point of harassing not just gets, but those around them, bothering them. But then came eyewitness Christopher Boucher. Boucher? Boucher? Um, Either way, he provided a damning testimony. Quote, KB was sitting back with his hands, like, grasping the bench and a frightened look on his face. Getz's hand was already up with the gun. He was standing, holding his gun, pointed at the individual, and in just a matter of seconds, he fired. End quote. D.A. Waples. um, Did I? I brought up D.A. Waples, right? Oh, so there's a new D.A. His name is Gregory L. Waples, because so the original D.A., he was up for re-election, and that's part of the reason why he brought a, brought forth a second grand jury, and people were just like, this dude's fucking incompetent. So they got a new DA, and his name was Waples. Okay. Um, so Waples asked what KB did the moment the shot was fired, to which Boucher replied, well, quote, well, he was sitting, grasping the bench, and he just tightened, end quote. He confirmed that he never saw KB leave his seat or threaten gets physically or verbally. Waples then asked if he had any doubts about what he saw, to which he replied he had no doubt. And finally, Waples asked, quote, and how is your eyesight? And our star witness responds, quote, it's perfect, end quote. Well, damn. Mike fucking drop. The prosecution then followed up on all this by showing the videotape of the tense interview between Getz and the NYPD in Concord. And... Listening through wireless headphones, the jurors heard Getz tell the detectives the shootings were unplanned, asking, quote, if this was premeditated, why wouldn't I have simply put on a fake mustache and worn different glasses, end quote? My dude, did you forget that you took off your jacket and burned it? Like, did you forget all that? Yeah, right? So he also lamented, quote, I wish this were a dream, but it's not, end quote. No shit. It's a fucking nightmare for these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he then said the, quote, body language of his victims told him he was in danger and that he went into, quote, a different state of mind, end quote. He then fled the scene and he said he did this because if he stayed, quote, they would have wiped the floor with me, end quote. Mm. <sighs> so Getz also showed extreme hostility in particular towards Detective Susan Braver, complaining about her voice, her attitude, and how she asked her questions. Okay. Love that. He also complained about New York, specifically like their, like the NYPD, telling her, quote, do you know how sick your legal system makes me miss? End quote. We're pausing. First of all, it's detective. Yeah. But also you can get fucked. Anyway, moving on. Quote, New York City is a system that knows so much and is so good. You decide what you decide, what is right and wrong. This city doesn't care about lawlessness. You talk about anarchy. That's what there is now. What I did down there was, let's say it's wrong. That doesn't bother me. But what this did is it showed you the the system as being a sham, end quote. 
I'm like, oh yeah, you're a fucking hero, buddy. Mm-hmm. Getz also compared his actions to that of a trapped rat, saying, quote, what you have here is nothing more than a vicious rat. That's all it is. It's not Clint Eastwood, end quote. I mean, no shit, no it's one, not no Clint Eastwood. No one was calling you Clint Eastwood, no, my guy. N- no, you are the one who brought up Clint Eastwood. <laughs> you are quite literally a rat. But exactly. You, th- um, you want people to be like, oh, well, I'm just a simple boy. Don't think of me as any hero. I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. <laughs> He's just a poor boy from a poor family. I get it. Um, I know. I, I know, but I gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta do it every time because you don't give me the reaction I crave. Somebody commented on my Instagram today. We're recording this on Sunday. But somebody commented on my Instagram today saying um, that I looked like Tinkerbell. And I'm like, like Tinkerbell? I will die without applause. <laughs> like, if somebody is not like, that is funny. Good job. No, I die. Yeah. Um, which is when we're going to start getting the hate emails. I can clock it. But um, so one of the jurors, Mark Leslie, later said that the videotaped confession provided, quote, our only glimpse of the dangerous nature of Getz's wrath, end quote. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he said, the jury ner- the jury could have... never could have imagined i can't speak and i also can't type because i wrote nerve and that confused me i meant never but i can't type perfect um he said the jury never could have imagined quote the meek looking mild-mannered individual sitting across from us in the courtroom had been capable of committing the violent acts that he did end quote Mm -hmm. spoiler alert he was he was quite capable um but officer peter smith who was one of the first police officers on the scene was called to testify to prove the defense's point that Getz's victims were actually a gang of thugs who were going to rob him he said that canty while still lying on the floor of the subway car told him quote we were going to rob him but he shot us first end quote however the prosecution then produced a videotaped interview Smith had done with a TV reporter on the day of the shooting, like uh-huh. after he did the whole thing. And he said, quote, Canty said they were just fooling around with the guy, end quote. Like that is what he said to mm-hmm. the interviewer. A fucking cab. But um, then on cross-examination, Smith said that like he stood by his statement that they were trying to rob him. Um, and he said that he was just nervous during a TV interview. Go fuck. Fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then Canty was also brought in to testify and spent more than two days on the stand. Um, while being questioned by Waples, Canty admitted to partaking in heavy use of crack, cocaine. Um, and having a criminal record that included convictions on several misdemeanor charges. Mm. He was just very forthcoming about it, but then explained that on the afternoon of December 22nd, his friends and he boarded the subway with the intention of going to steal quarters from the arcade, and that he was three or four feet away from Getz when he asked him for $5. And after Getz fired the gun, he said, quote, I grabbed my chest, then I fell to the floor, end quote. He also said that he then heard more shots and then his friend KB crying, quote, and and this spoiler alert, like, actually got me and I had to take a minute. But he said, quote, why did he shoot me? Why did he shoot me? Mm -hmm. End quote. Just crying. Casual. Um, But they're such big, tough men. They're 19. And also, Um, I would say that, like, him talking about his, his criminal past. Okay. But also, that does not 
mean that you should be shot. No! For asking somebody for $5. That doesn't mean that you should be shot. That doesn't mean that you should be killed. Like, I mean, it's not even just by a civilian like that's that's been like the the go-to excuse when black people are killed in our country they'll like dig up any little thing on them oh they were late on their child support oh they yeah but like five years ago they did this be like yeah no (laughs) they got a speeding ticket one time like it's that doesn't justify these actions these are very violent and in the case of at least kb but it could have been any of them permanent changing his life forever yeah um so during cross-examination slotnik questioned canty about his criminal record and allegations of robberies and threats in his past and he also accused kb canty of having a possible monetary interest in the outcome of the criminal trial based on the civil suit that canty and his fellow victims had brought against Getz for his injuries in 1984 mm-hmm this will be a theme with Slotnick. I have a feeling that the reason Slotnick is so obsessed with money is because he himself is so obsessed with money. Yeah. But Canty denied, like, that that was the case. He also denied telling the National Enquirer, quote, if we get caught, we plea bargain a felony down to a misdemeanor, then walk away, end quote. That's what the National Enquirer was saying. And, of it's course, the we're National taking the Enquirer. Nas- I was going to say, of <laughs> course, they're taking that as gospel. If that's, like, the leg you have to stand on, my dudes. My dudes. I don't know if anyone can actually hear him because in the last episode there was a lot that was like really really far away but he is screaming I hear him I love him so we had comments that they could hear him so I'm gonna go in fantastic that they can yeah (laughs) um so yeah so he also denied um telling Smith the the police officer minutes after the shooting that they were robbing the white guy and that he shot them first He's like, I didn't fucking say that. Yeah. And we're like, honey, we know you didn't say that. Smith knows you didn't say that. We all know you didn't say that. Um, but then two more of the victims were also called as witnesses. Remsier, who... So this this whole testimony from him was... It was... I don't know how to, how to put this. He... If there was anything to, like, benefit the case, like, so it was basically, the case was basically like a slam dunk for the the prosecution. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't. Um, and it's mostly because of Ramsher doing what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Um, so... He was already incarcerated at the time, first of all, for robbing, raping, and sodomizing a young pregnant woman in 1986. Ugh. Yes. So he was incarcerated when he was called in to testify the day after Canty t- finished his testimony. Um, however, even though he had received immunity from the prosecution, he, like, he, it, it was just there were a lot of problems. Like, at one point... Slotnick asked him a question and he responded, it's none of your business. Slotnick was very much like baiting him. Yeah. Um, he he was like hitting him with a barrage of questions that had nothing to do with the case. They had to do with like his criminal record and his background and everything, which granted, yep. he committed a horrific crime, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah. Um, and finally, like he just, he he 
refused to take the stand. The officer, the court officer reached out with a Bible and he pushed it away and was just like, I'm not doing this. Um, at one point he was, he shouted, like, let me out of here or something because Slotnick was just like not letting him go. Mm-hmm. Um, like letting this go. He also, Slotnick accused him of lying about his testimony because he had a stake in that civil suit for their mm-hmm. injuries. Um, and so ultimately judge crane after he refused to take the oath um found him in contempt of court and ramshire was let out and as because this worked in the defense's favor and his testimony was then stricken from the record so anything that he did say was no longer and any and all the shit that slotnik said was no longer there Uh And at his sentencing for contempt, Crane said, Judge Crane said that he, quote, conveyed viciousness and selfishness more eloquently than words could, end quote, and that Slotnick, quote, owes you a vote of thanks, end quote. So even the judge was like, yeah, Slotnick did. That's what that's what he was trying to do. And that's what he did. And you let him. Yep. So the other victim who was interviewed was Alan, who had not been granted immunity. Um. But in response to nearly every question, he pled the fifth, which for our non-U.S. listeners, it's the Fifth Amendment that basically gives somebody the right not to testify during a trial. Yeah. And despite this, Slotnick continued with his, like, his method of questioning that he used on Ramshire, um, just hitting him with a barrage of questions for over 20 minutes in an attempt to both impress the jury and find proof and, and provide proof of Allen being obstinate. Mm-hmm. So then Slotnick called in neuropsychiatrist Dr. Bernard Yedwitz, and it's Bernard without the H, so I am not tripped up. Okay, um, good. And I think it's also important to note that this neuropsychiatrist never examined Getz. Okay. Um, so he testified in support of Slotnick's self-defense argument, saying that the five shots fired by Getz were all part of a, quote, adrenaline response, end quote. Judwitz theorized that Getz went on autopilot until the last bullet had been fired and that therefore Getz didn't have time to rethink his actions and hadn't registered what he was doing when he made that remark to KB and then, you know, shot him point blank and paralyzed him. I would Um, believe that if there was no uh, video and audio of him saying, like, I wanted to kill them. Like, I, I I, I was going to kill them. Yeah. Um, I was going to gouge their eyes out. I was going to maim them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and it's funny because that's not the only thing. Because on cross-examination, Yudwitz admitted to Waples that the autopilot response is not universal. Not everybody responds in that way. No. And that each person's response to a stressful situation can be different. Yeah. It's fight or flight. And yeah. And freeze. Yeah. There's a third one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so ballistics expert Joseph Quirk was also called in to create a courtroom demonstration that was consistent with the ballistic shooting. And weirdest thing, the scenario featured four African-American teenagers dressed up like gang members. Wow. What are the odds of that? That Original. they just happened to get these four boys. Um, and the boys were all members of the Guardian Angels group. And they all kind of rep represented the victims because we love a good stereotyping and the purpose of this was to demonstrate possible bullet paths but because of this stereotyping 
it also served as an example to the jurors of how threatening the situation may have appeared to goats. Like, oh, four black men who are dressed up very scary. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just fucking, I'm sure it was intentional. I mean, unintentional. Damn, I tried to be sarcastic. Either way, it was fucking intentional. Sarcasm or not. Um, So Quirk then testified that he believed Alan was shot while ducking for cover, not while running away. Um, which is what the prosecution said and which is what Alan said. Um, and that KB was standing when he was shot, not sitting. And then after he was shot, fell backward onto the subway seat, which would mean that Getz didn't approach him and make that comment, if that's true. Uh-huh. However, when cross-examined by Waples, Quirk conceded that the prosecution's theory about the firing pattern was also consistent with the ballistics evidence that Alan was running away and that can't um that um can't that oh my god that kb was seating mm-hmm. um seated and that he was also funny thing that pff, failed to mention paid fifteen hundred dollars by the defense for his testimony okay that couldn't have swayed him at all he got a fucking stimulus check yeah yeah um but so he then went on to insist that None of that had anything to do with anything, and his own interpretation was more likely. Okay. Yeah, okay. After the prosecution showed him a photo of the bullet entry wound in Alan's back, however, Quirk admitted that his theory about Alan was based on incorrect information provided to him by the defense. He didn't even bother to look into this shit himself. Right. He just took their word and their $1,500 for it. Yeah. Do you yeah. ever wonder why they're paying you? Exactly, exactly. Barry Slotnick, not a nice dude. <laughs> and you're only hearing their side of the story? Isn't this yeah. a fucking trial? Isn't this the whole fucking point? Is that exactly. you hear both sides? Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, and then it gets better. So then they brought in former medical examiner, Dr. Dominic DeMaio. He took the stand and said that he believed the bullet wounds absolutely supported the defense's theory about the shooting being like in self-defense and that they were ducking for cover and standing instead of running away and sitting. Um, He argued that KB's injuries suggested that he was shot while standing because if he wasn't, then the trajectory of the bullet indicated that Getz would have had to have been almost, quote, on his knees to inflict the wound, end quote. Which, okay, I see you know your shit. Except, however... During cross-examination, DeMaio basically torpedoed his credibility when he admitted that during his tenure as the medical examiner, his office concluded that six women had died of natural causes when it was later proven that they had actually been smothered by a serial killer who had been at large. So this guy doesn't know how people die, and he's also a medical examiner? Former. But yeah, great dude, right? I... And also, that was in, like, 1976. So, it's a decade later. You mean to say he got better with age? Not to be ageist, but at the same time, to be ageist. (laughs) Yeah, also, if you don't know what strangulation looks like compared to natural causes, I'm pretty sure I could figure that shit out. Haley, but the women were just being dramatic, okay? They weren't even really dead. They, They weren't, like, showing that they were dead outwardly, so how could they be dead? I don't know, man. It's not that big of a deal. Women die every day. Um, but so, yeah. So then on May 29th, 1987, the jury took a field trip 
with the frizz no way uh, um but stop that. <laughs> um no you know what should be stopped that new magic school bus give me my miss frizzle back that is bullshit and the shit that they did to arnold i didn't even like arnold but that's a hate crime not have watching, you seen him i'm not watching it's any awful. of the new cartoons they're weird they're a new weird like not real like they it's supposed to be 2d but it's 3d animation like i don't like the animation style oh it's no weird. it's not like that it's the animation style is relatively different but the design of the characters is completely different like or, or the the animation style is relatively the same it's still like 2d it doesn't look like 3d granted i've only seen screen grabs because i'm not fucking watching that no they the new rugrats the gay. The new oh i haven't rugrats seen that weird. there's a new rugrats oh no 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 fuck that shit this is a different true crime this is a different true crime yeah well no and the truest crime of all is how they sucked the gay right out of miss frizzle she is the straightest white woman i have ever seen now and that's just not right um but anyway so they took a field trip cruising on down main street relaxing feeling good um and visited a new york city subway car that was basically identical to the one in which the shooting took place they did not go to the same one and Judge Crane instructed that nobody speak to the jurors as they inspected the car so that they could come to their own conclusions. And Leslie later said that the field trip won, quote, some critical points for the defense, end quote, because it impressed upon him and his fellow jurors that Getz, quote, had no real room to escape, end quote, and that although Getz attacked first, quote, he was extremely vulnerable to an attack if KB or Rimshire tried to jump him, end quote. Sure, Jan. Um, I guess that's true, but again, him saying that he was basically out for blood uh, doesn't help anybody. No, though he did. He then also, like, during the trial was like, oh, but they showed me their screwdrivers. I'm like, really? Because you didn't mention that once. You didn't mention that once. Also, yeah. it's like it's like literally bringing a knife to a gunfight, except a screwdriver is a very, very, very dull knife. Like, even if they did, you have a fucking gun. Yeah, like show again, them the gun and that's it. Yeah, like like we said again, you could have just showed them the gun and see if yeah. they would have backed off. But no. But yeah, so all of this is to say that ultimately Slotnick was able to successfully argue a self-defense claim for Getz, uh, partly due to these various like wins that he had in the trial, but also because the jury included several people who had firsthand experience with crime and fear of crime. And because New York law permits deadly force when used in self-defense, which Slotnick basically convinced the jury it could have been that it was based on his victim, the victims having those screwdrivers, even though they didn't fucking show them to get, no matter how hard he tried to argue they did, um, everybody else said that they didn't. So Mm -hmm. on June 16th, 1987, the jury announced its verdict that Getz was found guilty of criminal possession of a handgun, but not guilty on the other charges. So with the announcement of the not guilty verdict on the KB count, spectators gasped. Getz smiled. Mm-hmm. What a fucking... I just... Uh, so Crane then sentenced Getz to, Getz to a six-month jail term, five years probation, and a $5,000 fine and 200 hours of community service, as well as an order that he seek psychiatric help. And he didn't end up having to do much of that. He appealed and his sentence was changed to a year in prison with no probation. And he ended up serving only eight and a half months. Right. Yeah. So he basically got to keep the sentence without, you know, all that other shit. Um, 
1996, KB himself filed a civil suit against Getz for his injuries. And Getz was found not guilty of the more serious criminal charges stemming from the shooting, but he was found responsible for the harm inflicted on KB. And the jury awarded KB $18 million in damages for for his physical harm and $25 million in punitive damages. But according to Newsweek, there's no concrete evidence of just how much of that $43 million was paid out by Getz, if any. Yeah, probably none. Probably none. Um, even though he's running around with thousands of dollars on his person so he can play with his little beeps and boops. But Getz, meanwhile, ran for mayor of New York City in 2001 and for public advocate of New York City in 2005, but lost, and might I add, lost badly, in both elections. So tenets of his campaign included the provision... All right, I'm going to start with this. This is like my own try not to laugh challenge. Can we just... Tenets of his campaign included the provision of vegetarian meals in public schools. Okay. 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 Not sure what that has to do with, you know, guns and your whole thing, but okay. Didn't, didn't uh, like, napkins get deemed as uh, vegetables at one point? Oh, my God. I honestly, I believe it. That's, I think <laughs> I saw something else like ketchup. Like I was going to say, yeah. like, ketchup was a vegetable. Um, we needed Michelle Obama. We needed Michelle Obama before we knew we needed her. Um the napkins but, thing might have been in Parks and Rec, but it's close enough to Napkins might life. have been in Parks and Rec, but the ketchup thing I'm pretty sure is real. Um, but he also, as part of his campaign, worked tirelessly for a cause close to his heart. I'm about to fail my own try not to laugh challenge. Haley. What was the it? The cause he advocated for that he was going to do something about. Mm-hmm. Should he be elected? Squirrel rescue. I couldn't have guessed that. Uh, It went in a different direction than I thought it was going in. I hate this man. And it has nothing to do with arming squirrels, for the record. I think that that should be made clear. It's got nothing to do with that. I live in an area that is prevalent with squirrels, and I'm going to tell you, they don't need to be rescued. Well, according to him, they did. Um, Apparently, he built squirrel houses feeds squirrels and even provides medical care for injured squirrels and i want you to know well no but wait i want you to know that i actually was like because i what initially like what my research was telling me that i was like i'm not fucking putting this down is that he provided first aid to the squirrels and i was like i'm not what fucking, fucking, fucking mouth to mouth exactly. to this fucking animal i'm like i'm not fucking putting that in here they're except i did riddled but. with diseases they're little <laughs> assholes <laughs> you're building them houses fuck then they build their own houses leave the wildlife alone let them be wildlife Uh, but yeah what a Um, fucking tool (laughs) well speaking of tools gets in the attack also served as contributing factors to several successful national rifle association campaigns to loosen restrictions for concealed carrying of firearms no again in the next episode, not the next episode, but no. one of the episodes that I'm doing uh, research for. Sorry, Emma. Fucking. So close. NRA. Man. If you uh, are like a real proud gun owner, this might not be the podcast Don't for you. Don't tread on me. Don't and tread on us. you know what? Us. Like, if you are, and this isn't the podcast for you, like, you just That's turn fine. off. Well, and I think that totally there's fine. also... It there's also, a lot of information out there for you. Yes, but I think there's also something to be said that, like, 
the whole don't take my guns thing and all of that other shit. So people, they don't want, or the general consensus is like, yes, I don't personally like guns. You don't personally like guns, but we're not trying to take away any and all guns. We, what people want is, for example, for a dude not to just be able to buy an AR-15, no one should be able to buy an AR-15 and somebody walk into a grocery store or a school or a church or a fucking Wendy's or wherever. Like, no one should be able to just gun people down with an AR-15. There's no need to own an AR-15. And I just... No, you're not going to hunt with it. You don't need it for anything. No. You're not in the military. No. You're some fucking schmuck that lives in, like, suburbia. Yes. Showing your dick off on a subway. There's no purpose for it. And if you want to use one, if you want to actually shoot one, you should go to a gun range for it and you yeah. should have an extensive background check and you should have a little license that says i have been checked out and i can do that guess what we issue that stuff for to operate a vehicle mm-hmm. to get onto an airplane yeah like how, how is this so difficult this isn't even the episode for it, no but like, it's not it's not but it's just i think for one thing it, it's just so prevalent over here but also with this whole recent shooting in boulder and I mean, and we've got a friend who is not in Boulder, but she is in Denver. And Elisa, we've talked about her. And I mean, just the idea that it could have, it wasn't her, but it could have been her. One I mean, of the yeah, victims I have, was. I have family friend. in the area that like, yeah. you know, you know how Facebook has that thing. You can mark yourself safe. Yep. Uh, she marked herself safe. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. But like, it's so stupid. Why, 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 why? And if I fucking die because I needed to fucking buy bread oh not even well yeah first of all not dying for carbs just not doing it give me sugar fine i'm not i'll die the natural way of carbs by just shoving sandwiches into my face arguably better even choking on those sandwiches would be better but even besides that then the stories that you read like there was one guy whose wife was like actively dying and he was handcuffed and kept separate from her oh the one heartbreaking one the guy finally got an appointment for the vaccine yeah and he was going to get the vaccine see that and i i'm not saying that's not heartbreaking the one that broke me though was and again for those who don't know i haven't heard all the stories so i don't i don't know all of them so this one this one this one got me um like yeah this one got me so for those and we have a correction section to do with autism towards the end of this by the way but um and an appreciation section for uh some listener outreach oh yes and we have that shit sorry sorry um (laughs) we have these things they're coming coming up next um but one of the victims terry liker i believe her name was l-e-i-k-e-r um she was a an employee with a developmental disability and that is often grocery stores or like you'll hear about goodwill like a lot of things like that people with developmental disabilities like my brother that's where they are employed as baggers or Mm -hmm. to like like my brother had a job until they went out of business in the area at an uno refilling like pencil cups and sharpening pencils um that is where people with disabilities often work um specifically people like my brother and like whether you're like even like greeters at walmart like you know what i mean like just 
and they are therefore like first in the line of fire when these assholes show up and it just it's uh, nobody deserves that but just knowing my brother and knowing how he would have felt what it would have been like he's not that much younger than this poor woman terry Mm -hmm. and it what the fuck is wrong with people like just i know it, it's really it's the whole thing is just really tragic and it's what's most tragic of all is that people have been saying no more no more for how many years sandy yeah. hook was in 2016 and they weren't no not 2016 2014 and they weren't even the first i mean i don't know beyond a bunch of literal babies being shot that like how how did it get past that i don't that's that should have been the end well, but <laughs> you wonder how they got past that well let me tell you a little something called the nra um who actively mocked teenagers on tv during a town hall after they had been fired on yeah like shortly before like i just i can't i this is i know this is sorry we shoved this in the middle of the episode yeah tldr the nra also lobbied forgets to get a shorter sentence and you know you're a good person when the nra is on your side and that's all i'm gonna say about that um so Meanwhile, for Ramsier, after he was conditionally released from prison in 2002, he was sent back for a parole violation in 2005. He then finished his sentence in July 2010. And, I mean, he did some awful shit. Like, yeah, awful shit. However, I will say this made me a little sad. Um, On December 22nd, 2011, which was the 27th anniversary of the attack to the day, he committed suicide. At the age of 45, he overdosed. And you can't tell me that that was not for a reason. Yeah, on that day. Like, this is the day that, like, basically my life was over. Well, not even that. Like, he was shot, but he also watched his friends be shot. He saw his friend's life completely change before his eyes. Yeah. And this dude got off on eight and a half months of prison. And was initially met with huge amounts of public support, was still met with public support after the fact, but like huge amounts initially. And the victims, including himself, were vilified. And yeah. like I don't I, I don't blame him. Again, he did some unforgivable, awful shit, but the crime at hand here that we're talking about, like, I can't say that I blame him. Like it's yeah. just it's really tragic. So now that we're getting into the fun pop culture side of things um first of all gets is referenced multiple times in music by name really oh you have no idea there is one i'll save it to last i had it first but since you're reallying me um so first of all he was featured in lou reed's 1989 song hold on from the album new york okay the beastie boys track stop the train from the 1989 album paul's boutique okay other songs sure but also by name he is referenced in a little known 1989 single called we didn't start the fire i know Haley's making a face she is we shocked didn't start the fire 
love it. He's mentioned, and we didn't start the fire. I'm trying to think of the lyrics. I know the, the lyrics of that song is literally just like a madman's like list. So like, I'm trying to like. It is. If anybody's seen the Parks and Rec, the Parks and Rec sketch where Leslie like completely changes the words, and also apparently I don't know whether or not this is true, but I did see on. Um, what do you call it on imdb that apparently he's the youngest person who was mentioned but i don't know about that true but the okay. lines in question that's a, that's a weird uh credit <laughs> but the the lines in question uh wheel of fortune sally ride heavy metal suicide foreign debts homeless vets aids crack bernie gets <laughs> again it's just like a fucking weirdo's <laughs> list. Hypodermics on the shore. China's under martial law. Rock and roller cola wars. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. This is fucking... God bless Billy Joel. Like... <laughs> Weird. Yeah, so he's found himself in the likes... Like, in the company of, like, Joe DiMaggio and Doris Day and Marilyn Monroe, Richard Nixkin, Nick, Nixkin, Nixkin. Wow, <laughs> we're not gonna scroll past that. You said Nixkin. I'm just very excited. I, I, I'm, I'm a Billy Joel fan. We didn't start the fire. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world um, was turning. Yeah, that's all I know. I don't know any of the other words. Once we get to that part, I'm good. But then after no. that, it's like it's just the parts of Yeah. But so then, in a 2004 interview on CNN, Nancy Grace asked Getz, quote, do you ever wish you had just given them $5, end quote? <laughs> Fucking Nancy Grace. I know. What about the babies? <laughs> Asking um, the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> but my favorite thing is that Getz, it has been 94, 20 years, 20, 20 years. He replies, quote, I think it would have been the better thing for me in my life if I had just given them all my money, even though they might have pushed me around and beat me up for a second. But I think it was good for New York City. What happened was very good for New York City because it forced them to address crime, end quote. Are you meaning to tell me that you are taking responsibility for cleaning up the streets of New York? Because that's what it sounds like. Exactly. Again, My this guy exactly. just can't shut his goddamn gob. He can't. And you want to know what else he couldn't shut his goddamn gob on? William Shatner's very short-lived cable TV show, Aftermath, Getz was interviewed on the premiere episode what of this show get? in 2010. You got Getz. Shockingly, shockingly, the series only lasted for two seasons. Um, if you really are dying to see it, it does have an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb, but you can watch really? it on Amazon Prime Video. Um, and then this, the the case and gets were referenced on a couple episodes of Criminal Minds. The first one being season one, episode 17, A Real Rain, um, in which Gideon, played by our Lord and Savior, Mandy Patinkin, compared him and the media attention that he got in the case to a vigilante who was going on a crime spree and delivering justice to criminals who he felt were wrongly acquitted. Um, he also may have been a direct source of inspiration for the for the unsub in this case that we're talking about. Um, the character's name was Marvin Doyle, 
and both of them were vigilantes. They shot their victims. They both attacked at least one victim who was using public transit. Doyle killed a victim while he was driving a taxi. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both were given names with the vigilante in them, and both were praised and then criticized by the media after they were caught. Hi, Bean. We're almost done, I promise. So then the other one is season three, episode 10's True Night, which everybody knows because it's the one with Frankie Muniz as the comic book guy. He makes the Do comic we all know books. It? You don't know that one? Oh, you got to watch that one. I'll send you all the right. link. Like, oh, you got to watch that one. Everybody else knows what I'm talking about, right? Right. Um, so Getz was referenced by Rossi as an example of how the unsub may have found his victims by waiting for them to attack first. Okay. Whether or not Frankie Muniz is the unsub, I can't tell you. He, I, I can't tell you. Um, but if you do want to learn more about this case, we referenced it earlier. Netflix's Trial by Media covers it. It's the second episode of the docuseries. Um, the series itself has a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, an 88% Google score, and an 86% tomato meter rating, and 79% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And again, you can find it on Netflix. The whole series is pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. But if you just want to learn about this case, episode two, have at it. Go nuts. All right. Go for it. Finally, the piece de resistance. Yeah. That's my French. That's it. Omelette du fromage in that. This case also served as partial inspiration for an Oscar winning film. (gasps) Do you know what it is? By the gasp, I'm assuming you don't. (laughs) Oscar winning film. What year? 2019. Recent. Recent, yes. I don't know if you've seen it, but you definitely know it. Well, obviously, it was two years ago, but still. I mean, I'm not up on all of, like, the No, Oscar you're up noms. on this. No, you're up on this. You're up Who's on this. Who's in it? Um, I can't tell you that. Why? Well, that's a give it away? That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> I can tell you. Um, oh. No, I can't tell you because she's very well known, too. Tell me who's in it. I can't tell you who's in it. You're gonna I'm, know I'm, it. I'm no. I'm gonna guess. I'm probably not gonna get it. All right. I'm gonna start from like who I think is least to most well known as being in this movie. Zazie okay. Beetz. Who? All right. Good. All right. My plan <laughs> is working. Robert De Niro. <laughs> what if I said who? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then suddenly a taxi is going to drive through your second floor apartment. <laughs> uh. Okay. All right. All right. Who's the first one? Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, Zazie Beetz. <laughs> Shit. Sassy Beats. She's good. She's a good actress. Is it the Joker? It's the Joker. Is it? (laughs) Yes. We're all over the place. I'm trying to talk about Zazie Beats for a second. But she's Deadpool. Yeah. He's it's Joker. Oh. He was not Batman. Wait, the Joker is Bernie Getz? No. Well, yes, but no. Wait. Bean is very confused. I'm very confused, Bean. She's a confusing person. Um, Zazzy Beats would never. So, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> yes, you do. She was in, or she's in like a new show on Prime right now that I'm really into called Invincible. Um, but that's animated, so you really wouldn't know who she is. She's she plays Domino in um in um fucking you know that one movie. You pretend that but, I watch anything <laughs> other than like and, Boy and Meets also, World and Parks say, and Rec. Yeah, and you definitely don't watch like superhero things. No, um, fuck that. So all right, all right, all right. We've gone off the rails. Um, much like the subway car, but anyway. So the Joker. So the Joker. So Todd Phillips, who wrote, directed, and produced the movie, grew up in New York City, and during his childhood is when the Getz attack happened. So he remembers it vividly. Yeah. Um, 
And so in a pivotal scene, Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. the Joker, a.k.a. Joaquin Phoenix, is being harassed by a group of drunk white guys on the train. Remember when I said before that in an alternate universe? Yeah. See? Callbacks. Who's smart now, bitches? Um, so Fleck has already been pushed to a breaking point because he's mentally ill and then also because of the crime and the squalor in Gotham. So he has been jumped multiple times, robbed multiple times. And so he ended up getting a gun to defend himself. Mm. So when these dudes are harassing him on the subway, he pulls out a gun and kills them all before fleeing the scene. Then the news paints him as a vigilante hero. Does this sound at all familiar to you? Like vaguely? Uh, A little bit. All right. So Fleck and Getz also share similar personality traits as being awkward loners. Um, And Gotham as depicted in this movie, takes direct inspiration from the crime-ridden 1980s New York City. Uh-huh. And there are some key differences between what happens to Fleck in the movie and what happens with Getz in real life, like Getz's victims being black and be- being shot but not killed. Uh, but yeah, that scene in particular took direct inspiration from this case. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... The movie has an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb, a 91% Google score, and a 68% tomato meter rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 88% audience score with a critic's consensus, the critic's consensus, ooh, uh, quote, Joker gives its infamous central character a chillingly plausible origin story that serves as a brilliant showcase for its star and a dark evolution for comics-inspired cinema, end quote. And it did quite well um it won two oscars out of 11 nominations best performance by an actor in a leading role joaquin phoenix that's the one where he like talked a lot about animal rights not that that's like a bad thing but just like, i don't watch the oscars people, really people were just like what the fuck is going on with joaquin phoenix and then everybody was like oh he's drunk and then it was like Ugh. turns out he's got a lisp and you're all like really bigoted doesn't he have a cleft, um, cleft palate? He has a cleft palate. And or cleft lip. Or cleft whatever, lip. Cleft lip. And, it and it's believed that it may have been... I've seen back and forth on this where some people are like, it's not true. And then others are like, it's so true. Um, that particular one apparently can be caused by a mother consuming a lot of alcohol while the baby is, you know, doing its little growing thing. I don't know if she was drinking Technical a lot because she was in uh, the Children of God cult, which, she spoiler was. alert, is going to be a sexy an sex cult uh yeah i mean i mean also he yes. watched he almost he practically watched his brother die so like he's I, been and i was some but shit. however i will say she may not have been drinking while she was pregnant however two of her kids were named river and joaquin well they were like a hippy dippy couple they were a hippy dippy couple but still i mean i think they on. had a, i think they had another like they have, they have other child. kids with weird names yes they have other yeah. kids with weird names I kind of um, like the name River, though. It's kind of cool. I like the name River, but mostly because I had a My Scene doll, TBT, named River. And that was the thing. And he was so cool. Um, but anyway, oh, God. We're just, I promise, almost done. Home stretch. The cat has thrown himself to the floor and screamed. <laughs> I see him. I see him. <laughs> oh, he's he's like, I want this to be over. Um, which, it's almost over, Bean. I promise. We're so close. So it won... Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role and Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures Original Score at the Oscars. And it also won two out of four Golden Globes um, for which it was nominated. Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. You can guess who that was. And Best Original Score for a Motion Picture. So you know what that means. You're not going to be able to watch it for free anywhere for the foreseeable future. 
I mean, but, you could probably find it illegal. I mean, yes, but we would never promote something illegal. That's my alarm to feed my cats. Sorry. Um, they're not getting fed. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Don't let them know that. <laughs> oh, no, they know. And I tell, I, I've tell, i got like a Pavlovian response to this alarm now. I have to change it because it goes off. And I use it for other things, too. But every time they like their heads shoot up and they're looking at me and I'm like, it's not time yet. So, yeah. Anyway, remember when I said we were going to stop going off the reels? Yep. So, yeah. Then if you really want to watch it, you can watch it if you have HBO Max or if you have like an HBO subscription on Hulu or Prime or wherever. Uh-huh. Um, and you can also rent it for $3.99 on Apple TV, YouTube and Google Play. And that is the end of the episode. Let's get into our comments and correction sections and then let these nice people go. Okay. <laughs> I want to thank the Academy. <laughs> I want to thank Dean for not screaming the entire episode and just most of it. Um, I, now you go. Um, you like me. You really like me. Um, so first of all, correction section. Specifically, I spoke last week about the puzzle piece and yes. its relation to autism. And of course, you say things and the universe goes, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened here because I shit you not, like two days ago, Maybe, and I also, for those who have seen our Instagram stories, you 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 already know this. Um, but basically, the puzzle piece is not a good... Chill. It, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's not chill. Um, basically, how it goes is the puzzle piece... I'm trying to find the post, actually, because, and first of all, I'm locked out of our... <laughs> her Instagram account, so I can't find it there. Um, The puzzle piece is seen as kind of like a, I guess, I guess she'd call, I guess she would, I guess she'd call it an offensive symbol. Really? Um, And like, just like lighting it up blue is seen as offensive, like how, because April's coming up and so people will like light it up blue. Um, But it's a, so this is again from the autistic cats and I found the post, Uh, took me long enough, but It says, do not light it up blue or use puzzle pieces when discussing autism, especially if you are not autistic. Um, And then they link a a 2017 study, which you can find on their Twitter account. Um, And it says, this 2017 study found that puzzle pieces as a symbol for autism evoke negative associations and should be avoided. And instead, they suggest that people use the rainbow infinity symbol for autism and go hashtag red instead to counteract the message of light it up blue um because blue thing i don't understand so light it up blue was a campaign launched by autism speaks who is very problematic in the autism community yes so they are not about they were founded by bob and suzanne wright bob wright was the ceo of nbc and he so their grandson i believe his name was christian was diagnosed with autism and so that they like started a whole crusade and they started autism speaks um so this is this is just because i could go all day but autistic cats brings it up very succinctly um autism speaks is a corporate eugenicist group that has done immense harm to autistic people. They are widely viewed as a hate group by autistic people. Do not give them your money, no matter how convincing you think their rebranding is. It's all fake. Um, one of the things that they say, they're like, oh, like, autism is a, is a tragedy. Like, they, they shared, um, what do you call it, commercials, even, that they, like, talked about where they were like, oh, it kills your marriage. 
it ruins your life. Like these are all like legitimate things that this that this um Michael is flashing his belly button to me and it is distracting me. Yeah, bye. Like um so you've got Bean, I've got a Michael. Um it's so Light It Up Blue is their campaign, but their campaigns were very much like treating autism as a negative thing and something that needed to be eradicated. And they're a big proponent of ABA therapy, applied behavioral analysis therapy, which is basically like, um, to think of an example, let's say an autistic person is stimming. You basically like correct them and tell them not to stim, even though that is a source of comfort. And it's also not hurting anybody. Um, And instead, like you redirect them or whatever, and you basically like reward them for however long they go without stimming. Oh, um, and it's it, it's it's not cute. But so they ask you to use red instead, instead of light it up blue, um, because instead of awareness, what autistic people really need is acceptance. And that's what the red instead hashtag red instead movement is okay. all about. So that is that. Well, that's um, terrifying that I didn't know any of that. I would have thought that Autism Speaks is probably, you know, sounds good. It sounds really good, but it's. It's it's oh not. those poor people that have the puzzle piece tattoos. Oh, I know. I oh, was almost no. I was almost one of them. Oh, poor no. me. I know. Um, but so also they like obviously again you can follow the autistic cats, but they recommend organizations that they can that you can donate to. One is ASAN um, autistic advocacy dot org. Um, they also have an online resource that you can go to to learn more, and it's called Autistic acceptance or autism acceptance excuse me dot com and there's there's others um i'm trying to think of the one that i frequently donate to i believe it's the autism society of america but don't quote me on that i have it written down somewhere it's just not here but um Mm -hmm. there are other organizations just do not i I, we could do a whole episode it's technically not true crime but we could do a whole episode on why autism speaks is no bueno um also do an episode on like shit charities we could do an episode on shit charities because there are a bunch of them. Um, like there are many, but yeah, this was one also that like, I I've never received so much, I guess I'll call it engagement. I've never received so many notifications from people where they were like, I didn't know this about autism speaks. And yeah, it's very, they, they outwardly seem like a really great organization, but the shit that they do is just very harmful to autistic people. It's, they're basically like trying to completely, like i again it's eugenics they're trying to eradicate autism and autistic people yeah and just completely eliminate them just like it's just as wrong as hitler wanting to only have blue-eyed blondes like it's it's very it's very disturbing and very wrong but um if you could then now that i've done that correction section about why i said the bad thing about the puzzle piece and i'm really really sorry um if you could then I am locked out of our Instagram account because I got a new phone this weekend and I forgot that I was locked out of the Instagram account. <laughs> no problem. We're doing this live. I'm on it. Let's Fuck it. Go. We'll do it live. Normally, I would ask the Google and be like, hey, excuse me, what is this message that we received? And it would tell me, but no dice. Also, I'm just, I, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Uh, our friend Deanna. Yes. Deanna said, hold on, hold on. It it is up a little bit because we chit chatted. Yes, I'm scrolling to the Love me some Deanna. Deanna is a school counselor. 
for the record. Yes. And so she's, she's commenting on our last episode, psychopath versus sociopath. Yeah. So I'm going to skip ahead in her message a little bit. She says, I don't have a lot of experience with psychopathy, sociopathy, but we do learn a lot about ODD slash CD. And that's um, obsessive. Don't look at me. Don't you dare look at me. That was not I don't my have episode. it written down in front of my face. I'm not even going to say what it was. Go listen to the previous episode where I explain what ODD and CD are. One um, star. If I could get zero stars, I could. The hosts don't even know what the subject of their last episode was. Never listening again. They are monsters. Do not listen. A butt. Um, <laughs> so, wait. She says, uh, ODD, CD for kids, as some of our kids get diagnosed with that and then require services in school because of it. I have yet to see a kid with CD. I think that was the more intense one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've definitely seen a handful with ODD. It's definitely not common, but the behaviors are very severe, uh, as Caitlin had said. Um, with intervention, it really helps. That's what we were kind of like pushing in the last episode, saying like to acknowledge that there is something that needs um intervention is kind of the the first step and it's not a death sentence it's not the end of the world just means there's something that um needs to be looked at needs to be helped there's nothing wrong with that um uh, yes diana you are right as an expert (laughs) i'd say yeah she wanted she wanted to she wanted to comment something that i i had brought up i guess um oh yes she did sorry about the the types of uh, oh about the tests because I, t- I talked about and uh, lots of you engaged in it which was really really fun to see everybody's um, yes. the PPI test results which yes. was really really cool should I, should I tell mine we'll say it at the end okay so apparently in these so tests we things. had mentioned when we were talking about the tests like how uh, how do you know that someone's not lying on the test to pretend yes. like yes that people, was my question yeah that was to, me to try to get like one up on somebody be like uh i i don't have any problems like look i have empathy for people i have sympathy for people blah 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 so um the point of these tests is to get this is what deanna says the point of these is to get a general idea of the behaviors that could indicate a diagnosis usually when looking at the results you have to see if there are any other reasons why a person might respond that way for example people with adhd uh, because of their inability to focus, uh, it could be an indicator of depression or anxiety. Um, use the checklist as a tool to examine further behaviors. Caitlin mentioned how they don't know uh, you are lying when you're filling out the forms. Um, there are actually safeguards built into the tests that flag a respondent as lying or fake results, which I thought was really interesting. Right? She says... So if the mental health professional scores the assessment, there could be a red flag that comes up that the respondent didn't answer honestly. It's usually done by multiple questions, asking the same thing but reworded. And um, if you answer the question differently, it is a cause for further examination and can flag the person as uh, that the person wasn't being honest. So that's amazing i didn't know that and as you like if if you were one of the people that took the test if you're not the test is still like i linked it on the um facebook yep um you can go ahead and take that and there are a couple questions that were asked like that are like kind of the same question yeah that's what i said and and that's why when we were talking about um people getting diagnosed with uh, ASPD, the antisocial personality disorder, which is what people often refer to as 
someone being a psychopath mm-hmm. um when when you take that test you're it's in conjunction with uh your mental uh health analysis by a psychologist it's uh your health records like your physical health records it's in conjunction with a bunch of other things so you would take that test and if the person scoring it um i'm assuming sees something that would flag as a not honest response then that goes in with the talk therapy section of it Mm -hmm. being like trying to get an honest answer out of this person so um that was really interesting and we got an answer to a question we asked on the podcast yeah it was from somebody so smart and so knowledgeable and like good for her um oh and so and then my so we did get and i'm not gonna show i'm not gonna share everybody's responses some of them were public some of them were not um but i will say so my score i did not score off the charts i did you got my message i got a no score. one scored off the charts everyone was like below i think everyone that i saw was below a three they were below some people were below like i think i think it was the highest was like a 3.7 okay um and that was it. so for primary, and again this wasn't this wasn't to like shame anybody or like kind of like throw anybody under a bus it was no. just like i took the test we did like the episode on it and maybe if you saw that you scored higher than you thought maybe that's an indicator that you should like look into it a little bit more and be like is this something that i need to look at in my life has this been affecting my life in any way that i haven't noticed yet and maybe it's something you need to look into a little bit more so yeah that's what that was so and and again and everybody well all but one person took this willingly um i did make michael take it um because i just wanted to know what i was dealing with okay and so my score for primary psychopathy was a 1.6 and so for those who don't remember who didn't take the test um according to this quiz quote primary psychopathy is effective aspects of psychopathy a lack of empathy for other people and tolerance for antisocial orientations so that was a 1.6 wait i'm gonna interrupt real quick because mm. the entire episode that i did i called it psychopathy and you called it psychopathy was i saying it wrong the fucking entire time i'm not sure i didn't want to correct you because i wasn't sure yeah, fuck it whatever i just wanted to look smarter for once no do um, your own <laughs> research assholes <laughs> um, i don't pronounce shit right and so I will say I consider Michael to be very smart, just literally only because he's got a master's degree. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing that has me like, ooh. Um, yeah, you can but, get a master's degree if you spend a lot of money. Eh, he didn't even spend a lot of money. It's bullshit. We'll talk about that another time. Um, but so your score, your score, my score from for secondary psychopathy was calculated as a 2.2. Okay. And so... Again, so secondary psychopathy is the antisocial aspects of psychopathy, rule breaking, a lack of effort towards socially rewarded behavior. So they're like one one is like a primary and one is a well, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. One is literally a primary and a secondary. I just said that. I'm done. Yeah. Michael's Michael's primary uh, psychopathy score was 2.4 and his secondary was 1.8 and that was that and there were certain ones that like also we were like one of the questions was like i appreciate a good scam and Uh i was like well yeah yeah i kind of do sometimes like if it's not against me if it's not against me but like we've talked about this like like 
for example, I was telling him Firefest. Well, Firefest, or I said to him, I knew we knew a girl in college, and I think I think you did too, Gaitlin. Um, she, I remember she posted on Facebook. Somebody in her family got like a phone call from a local number, and they had somebody who sounded like her screaming in the background, and they were just like, "We have your whoever, she, we have your Gaitlin," and she like if you don't like give us whatever it was whether it was money or like bank information or whatever it was we are going to kill her and this person who sounded exactly like gaitlin is screaming in the back going like uncle roger like you know what i mean like specific names like please help me please help me like they're going to kill me please 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 and like only because like her like she uh, like she got like a fuck ton of phone calls from this family member and was like no no no, i'm fine i'm totally fine but like that's fucked up no doubt in my mind that is fucked up also kind of clever i'm not gonna lie i would never do it that's really fucked up but at the same time the effort that these people went to i was like damn damn like they they got that info they should start like a drama troupe or something like they should like put the life of criminal stuff behind or like there was another one michael's mom once got a phone call we were standing there when she got it and it was this dude and he i'll never forget it because he was like, hi, my name is Matt, and your friend Debbie Reichert said to call me, uh, said, told me to call you because I had some questions about, like, experience for whatever. And what fucked him over, if I remember correctly, was, I know I just said I remembered it vividly, but I only remember, like, the beginning where, because he mentioned her best friend by name. And it uh-huh. was it was a situation where her best friend would be like, oh, I know this woman. You can talk to her. Here's your, her here's her information. Yeah. But what fucked him over, I believe, was that he wanted to like ask about like a college thing. Uh-huh. And she was like, I didn't go. What? I that's the, I have no experience with that. And then he hung up on her. Yeah. I mean, and, it's another one it of those things. It's legit. like they can get that information from your Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. They of can. what your best friend, your kids. Yeah. Yeah. So but, that's and, fucking and, but crazy. I mean, uh, again, scams are wrong was it very clever yes do i appreciate it in the sense of oh i'm gonna go do that no no do i appreciate it in the sense they made a whole movie out of catch me if you can they made a whole movie out of it and you can't tell me that you didn't go see it like anyway anyway mine was slightly disagree instead of strongly disagree so sue me i'm a i'm a die i'm a bad person maybe in the next episode i'll have elliot take it do it michael was not happy i had to like i had to do some serious like whining in order to get him to do it perfect what is a relationship if you don't have to whine at your significant other elliot was just whining to you just a minute ago about what was it ding dongs yodels 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 my my mistake i am so sorry he was livid that i had put them in the fridge god forbid putting them somewhere where they i was gonna say and they can melt yodels are the ones that are covered in chocolate right yep I like yeah. to peel the chocolate off oh. and then eat the roll. Yeah. You doctored your tests, didn't you? <laughs> no. Um, so this episode is two hours. Uh, um, <laughs> sorry, Elliot. Uh, yeah. It's well, a lot of, guys. it's a lot of, it's a lot of hoopla. Hoopla. It's a lot of rambling audio recordings. It's a lot. And of- it's also now 1am on a school night. So oh I baby, you gotta go to home. Go to well, sleep. you're home, but yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go to your head, your head okay, home. Mike. I gotta go to bed too. All right, good night. Uh, wait, go to the no, website. Okay, just kidding. Not good website crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, go to the Facebook. We're Crime Culture on 
Facebook, and uh, we've had a lot of people uh, liking us on Facebook recently. Yes, which hi is everybody. Weird and cool. Thanks if Hello, any of you are people. listening. Um, go take the the test that we put on there. Um, we got Twitter. We got Instagram. Uh, we got Patreon. We don't have LinkedIn. No. And um, we'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah, I'm down. I guess I'll come yeah. down. Yeah. You guess? Yeah, I guess. Maybe. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.